Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's have another talk about the system, the administrative state. We have to do something about it. It has been weaponized against you. We have Congressman Chip Roy tonight and a light in the mood that you're going to enjoy. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the system. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violent extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists, specifically those who advocated for the superiority of the white race. White supremacy. I've been thinking about something lately. Just stay with me for a minute. So I think about the state of the country a lot. You probably do, too. You're watching my show right now. And I've been thinking about this. How does a nation survive? How does a nation continue on? How does a nation survive 
if a gigantic percentage of its citizens live in a world that is not real at all. And that's where we are as a country. And here's what I mean by that. White supremacy. You have Joe Biden talking about white supremacy, Attorney General talking about white supremacy. Can't turn on the television set without a new special on Amazon about white supremacy, a new media outlet, white supremacy, white supremacists, white supremacy, white supremacists, KKK, Nazi. It's everywhere you turn. They're talking about it. So if you are, let's set aside the communists for a second. If you're just a normal person, let's say you don't watch the first. Maybe you just go and see a baseball game and talk to the wife and play, and you're just not a political person. You probably still believe that white supremacy is seriously a legitimate threat in this country. I mean, the FBI said so. Golly, the attorney general, big deal. But wrap your mind around this. White supremacy doesn't even exist in America in any meaningful form at all. If you're the type of person out there who believes white supremacy is this huge problem, you believe in the boogeyman. You do. Just doesn't even exist at all in any meaningful form in this country and hasn't forever. In fact, if it was to come out that you were a white supremacist or I was a white supremacist, this will tell you how it really doesn't exist here anymore. Your career would be over, that'd be a given, but I mean, honestly, your life would be over. You'd have to leave your hometown, change your name. It would be over. White supremacy doesn't even exist here in any meaningful form, and a gigantic percentage of this country thinks it does. It's actually worse than that, though. It's not just that white supremacy doesn't exist in any meaningful form. It's that things like black supremacy do and no one is even looking into it or talking about it. You realize black supremacists, black nationalists, Black Lives Matter, whatever you want to call it, you realize they've been murdering people for years now, years. We act like this is some kind of new phenomenon or a lot of people act like it doesn't even exist. Remember those five Dallas cops when Barack Obama was president, gunned down that night? You remember what the guy was saying right when the SWAT team was closing in to kill him? Black Lives Matter. All kinds of black nationalist stuff all over his social media. Black supremacy is a big deal. Guys running for mayor in Louisville, someone just walked in his office, aimed a pistol at him, and took a bunch of shots at him. By the grace of God, he's okay. Bullets went through his clothes and things like that. Now, who was this guy? Well, I mean, if you're listening to, if you're, let's say you're that normal Joe, maybe you just want to tune in. Say, let's see what the president has to say. Well, Biden campaign staffer has tens of thousands of followers on social media said, quote, this is what conspiratorial right wing rhetoric and guns everywhere gets us. So who was this dangerous white supremacist right winger? His name is Quintez Brown. He's with Black Lives Matter. He not only is a left winger, he's not only a violent, vile, murderous black nationalist, He's one who's been mainstreamed. Here he is on MSNBC from 2018 being interviewed as a... You're from the home state of the Senate Majority Leader. What do you want to, what do you want him to know? Well, I want you to know that, you know, we are here and we want, we want common sense gun reform. And if you're not going to give us that, then we're going to get everyone out here to vote and we're going to vote you out of office. So if you want to keep your job, yeah. then, you know, give us what we, not what we want, but what we need, what humans need. We need yeah. common sense gun reform. Common sense, look at that nice young man. No, 
yet another black supremacist tried to kill somebody out there. And look, this, it's not just about Quintez Brown. By the way, you, one, one has to hand it to Defiant Ls. It's a great social media account on Twitter. It was deleted. It just got back today. But pointing out Quintez Brown writing articles about how we need gun reform. And then it's Quintez Brown actually shooting at somebody. But it's not Quintez Brown. It's not, it's not really about that. We're talking about a consistent pattern of violent, vile, murderous black nationalists attempting to murder and murdering people across the country. And it's not just that that's happening, it's that your FBI isn't even looking into it. Do I need to remind everybody that Daryl Brooks, a black nationalist with Black Lives Matter all over his social media, Daryl Brooks sat at home and watched as the media talked about white supremacy in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, which everyone involved in that was white, and there's no evidence any of them have a racist bone in their body at all, either the dead Antifa guys or Rittenhouse. There's just no evidence of that at all. And yet the media goes off about white supremacy, so yet another violent, vile, black nationalist gets in his SUV, hunts down a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and mows down about six, about 70 people. I don't, I don't even know what the final death count was. I believe it was six, if memory serves me. One of them being an adorable little eight-year-old boy who didn't get to celebrate Christmas that year. Black nationalists have been murdering people for a long time in this country, and yet the average citizen who doesn't watch I'm Right every night here on the first the average citizen, if asked, probably legitimately thinks there's this group of white supremacists out there hunting people down. You've never even met a white supremacist in your life. If you ever saw one on the news, it was probably five fat KKK guys on the courthouse steps somewhere doing some stupid demonstration. And they usually have to be surrounded by cops because 500 people usually show up to want to beat them up. I have a white supremacy problem in this country. It's been long ago taken care of. But black to the Back to the black nationalists. You ever heard the name Noah Green? Oh, I'm sure you haven't. How could you hear the name Noah Green when January 6th is talked about every day? He's a Louis Farrakhan supporter. He plowed through a couple Capitol Police officers, killed one. Did you think the January 6th protesters were the ones killing Capitol Police officers? Did you know that not a single Capitol Police officer was killed by one of the January 6th protesters. In fact, only one Capitol Police officer has been killed in recent memory. His name was Billy Evans, and he was killed by Noah Green, a black nationalist. You see, we very much have a left-wing communist terrorist problem in this country. And it goes well beyond black nationalism. They're all terrorists over there. Do I need to remind you the things the Weather Underground pulled very early on? the things the climate change nutters have done? Do I need to remind you about the Bernie Sanders supporter who, for political reasons, armed himself and went and hunted down a bunch of GOP congressmen at baseball practice and tried to assassinate many of them? By the grace of God, he failed. We have a consistent, violent, left-wing terrorist problem in this country. And the problem is because your Federal Bureau of Investigation is now run by these dirty communists, they're not even looking into it. They're not even looking into it. Remember, they were asked, hey, uh, are you looking into Antifa? Are you looking into to any of this stuff? And they were like, no, but Antifa, Black Lives Matter, what's that? White supremacy. And you remember, you remember what was going on when America's cities were burning. 
I, I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. But fires have been started. Sitting there in front of a raging inferno. <laughs> it's not. It's not unruly. Ah, oh, whatever. That's burning a footlocker. Big deal. I do that on a Saturday night. What what level are we dealing with here? I mean, look look about the revelations about Durham that just came out. Do you realize how startling this is? John Durham, not some card king Republican. He's just a special counsel. He comes out with revelations, and it looks like they hacked into, or however you want to put it, tapped into the servers on Donald Trump's White House and not only planted false things in there, they took those false things to the Central Intelligence Agency. What? That happened. And what did the media say about it? Nothing. They ignored it for a few days. And then finally the story has gotten so big, they do this a lot. The media will just ignore it. Oh, hopefully it goes away. And then it gets so big, they'll finally roll their eyes and cover it just to mock it as if it's nothing. This is grist for the mill for Fox News to go out and, and further gum up the works to create a whole lot of noise about nothing. That at the end of the day, like Benghazi, after all the noise and all the saber rattling, comes to what, right? In, in Benghazi, of course, Willie, they politicized the death of four Americans. Yes. Uh, and and, and it, with Benghazi, there was the death of four Americans here. You are going to have an investigation that la into an investigation that lasts longer than an investigation, and I would be shocked, shocked if there is one criminal conviction in this entire thing. But there will be a lot of headlines, oh, yeah. and there are a lot of people making assumptions that are going to look really foolish months from now, but they don't care because they're just gaslighting, and they'll just continue. And it's an effort to change the subject from the investigation to January 6th. That's another yeah. element of, of this story. Look at how they lie to you. Think if you're just a normal Joe and you turn on Morning Joe. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. To get your news for 15 minutes. Think about the world of make-believe you live in. And let's understand something here. When it comes to this Durham stuff, part of the reason the media is so scornful about it is the American media was more than happy to run with that what we now know are false claims about Donald Trump and Russian collusion and the end of his presidency. It's completely wrong. It did not. It did not happen. This was. There was no spying. There was. It's The conspiracy gene. The conspiracy gene is no more accurate than Pizzagate. Mm -hmm. No one was spying on the president through the microwave. No one spied on the Trump campaign. There was no spying. There was no spying. No spying. There was 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 no spying. Wow. By the way, there was no spying, of course. There was no spying. There was no spying on the Trump campaign. On the Trump campaign. It's been a year and a half. There, there was, was no, no spying on the Trump campaign. Of this crap. No, no spying, spying on, on the, the Trump, Trump campaign. campaign. Which is a conspiracy theory. No, no spying, spying on, on the, the Trump, Trump campaign. campaign. Facts matter. And, oh, by the way, no, there was no... There was no... No, no, no spying on the Trump campaign. Let me ask the question one more time I asked in the beginning, because I'm still I'm sitting here, I'm still thinking about it. 
how can a country survive with this level of disinformation, with this many people in its society living in a world that is not real, a world entirely of make-believe? I, I don't know how we get through this, but I guess we're going to find out, huh? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have more COVID communism coming up next, but I want to talk to you about something that you know has been dear to my heart, colleges, universities, and you not sending your kids there. And I know when I tell people, don't send your kid to college, people oftentimes that, well, what am I supposed to do? What's he going to be a bum? You understand there are options out there. Have you heard of Praxis? Here's what Praxis is. Your kid, he'll take six months, learn about different career paths. At the end of that six months, he will land on a full-time paid job with a growing business. So no college debt, the net cost is zero, right? The net cost is zero in the end. And your child, no, doesn't have to be a bum, but also doesn't have to go off to a communist training camp. Your child can get a meaningful, good job with a growing business with no college debt at all. Interested? You should be. Go to discoverpraxis.com slash jesse. That's discoverpraxis.com slash jesse. We'll be back. You know what's underrated? Me. <laughs> Quit. You know, seriously, you know what I've been telling you about the vaccine for a long time? You know what it is. What the end goal was. How many times have I come and sat in this chair on I'm Right and told you the end goal is an annual shot, just like the flu shot. That is the end goal because every business out there, no matter the business, they want to get involved in a subscription model. So it's just automatic. Every single month, every single year, semi-annually, whatever the case may be, it's just an automatic thing because that's guaranteed dollars. It's guaranteed bottom line. Well, that's fine if it's uh, some delivery service. It's fine if it's the first, right? It's not fine if it's something that could be harmful to you and you don't need it at all. But I've told you a thousand times the end goal is a subscription, a vaccine subscription. Well, Project Veritas, God bless them, they do such great work. Once again, went undercover, talked to somebody at the FDA and pay attention to what he says here. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you're going to have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. So you don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, so they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of... Um, uh, money going into their, their company. So how do you know it's already getting approved? Well, they're not going to, um, I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. Did you pay attention there? I'll tell you what, Mr. Producer, I don't do this very often. I'm going to ask for that video to be played again in its entirety from the very beginning in just a second. I, I just want to make sure you're paying attention. Beyond the I'm right portion of it about the annual shot, did you pay attention about the food and drug companies? They get people on the inside 
to make sure their stuff is given the thumbs up? Remember who's been telling you that you can't trust any part of your culture anymore? Your cultural institutions are all rotted and corrupt. Your FDA, they're gone. They're already gone. So, Mr. Producer, without further ado, would you please do something I never do on this show? I want everyone to watch this again, and I want you to burn this into your mind and understand you can't trust your cultural institutions anymore. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. So you don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. So how do you know it's already getting approved? Well, they're not going to, um, I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. I know when we talk about these things and we talk about the rot and the level of rot and, and, and I, know, I know that can be hard to take, especially if you're an older person and you've grown up in a country that was not this way. And so I, I do have some sympathy for you. That it's hard to wake up one day and see things like this and realize, oh man, they really ruined everything. I know that's a bitter pill to swallow, I know. But swallow it, you must. That's where we are now. Make sure you remember that next time there's an emergency, all right? All right, we've still got a lot more. Congressman Chip Roy joins us next. Now let's talk about something that does work, something that isn't corrupted. Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I love these things. Fuck, I, who gets excited about an air purifier? Me, because I've had a million of them, and not one of them ever got rid of my allergies. Eden Pure did. It's more than just the smells. It takes all the smells out of your home. It cleans your air constantly. I don't take that over-the-counter allergy medication anymore. I don't even own it. I threw it away. I own three of these things. They're amazing. It's just this little black box. Doesn't even make hardly any noise. You plug it right in the outlet in the wall. It just kind of makes this little mmm. So you hardly know it's there. I'm telling you, you, you can taste the difference in your air. Do something healthy for your family, huh? Maybe clear up those allergies while you're at it. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE and you get a three-pack, just like I have, for under 200 bucks. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's $200 in savings. We'll be back. Hi. The potential future requirement for an additional boost or a fourth shot for mRNA or a third shot for J&J is being very carefully monitored in real time. And recommendations, if needed, will be updated according to the data as it evolves. A, a fourth shot? What, what is this thing? More shots in Sunny Corleone in the course of a year? This is quite a vaccine. Joining me now, Representative Chip Roy, congressman from the great state of Texas, one of the greatest congressmen we have right now. I wish we had more like him. Uh, uh, Chip, a fourth shot? Exactly how many shots are we going to be required to take? What kind of vaccine is this? Well, pretty sure I think we're going to have a shot for every one of the 700 days that it has been since 
15 days to slow the spread. So, uh, you know, he's just, look, he's just trying to mount up his, uh, his uh, numbers uh, in order to get his, uh, you know, Pfizer uh, portfolio in the right place by driving more dollars to Pfizer. Look, let's just be honest. This is all about money. This is all about power. Yeah. This is all about corporate cronyism. This is all about big health care stepping all over the interests of the American people. And uh, look, this is the, the reality that we've got to recognize. When you empower Washington to collude with big corporations, they're going to screw you. So we need to fight it. Congressman, I don't expect everybody to be as far right as you are or as I am. I understand people have different persuasions, but I got to be honest. I'm going to play you a little video here. I never thought we would ever get to a place in America where the American president himself talks about freedom as if it's a dog turd on the bottom of his shoes. I love how people talk about personal freedom. If you're exercising personal freedom, freedom put someone else in jeopardy, their health in jeopardy. I don't consider that being very, dealing with freedom. Congressman, how did we get here? Uh, could you explain that to me? How did, how did we get here? I don't even think, honestly, maybe I'm wrong. Not, it's not like I'm a fan. I don't even think you'd hear Bill Clinton talk about that, talk like that. How did we get here? No, you wouldn't hear Bill Clinton talk about that, at least certainly not back in 1996. But uh, look, we're here because it is the natural course of man to go in this direction. The founders knew that. They gave us a system of government that protects against it very specifically because they knew it would happen. The only reason, the only reason America is not where some of these other countries are yet is because of federalism and the Second Amendment. Federalism gives you the chance for a DeSantis or, you know, states and Texas and other places to step up and say no. That gives us freedom. That's why you don't have as much pressure valve as you do with the truckers in Canada. And the Second Amendment is the ultimate reason why these authoritarians are at least a little nervous about how far they go. If you take away federalism and the Second Amendment, America would be worse off, I think, than even what you're seeing out of the Canadian leaders, what you're seeing in Finland. I know we're not here to talk about religious liberty, but are you following what's happening in Finland, where a member of parliament is being charged with a crime for quoting the Bible, for quoting Romans, when talking about the LGBTQ uh, agenda. Literally being charged with a crime, and we'll, we'll find out in the next two weeks whether she faces two years. I've been tweeting about this. And a bishop for passing out a pamphlet. That's coming to a theater near you, ladies and gentlemen. Americans, wake up and make sure that you protect your Second Amendment rights and you stand up, and as you say, be anti-communist. Go against these tyrants. Joe Biden doesn't care about stepping over your freedom. You said it. He dismisses freedom like a dog turd. He doesn't care about liberty. But I'd ask all of your listeners right now, are you free? Are you free? Truly, are you free? Can you send your kids to school without worrying about them being indoctrinated? Can you have a job without being worried about losing your job if you don't take a jab because Dr. Fauci says so? Can you have a gun to defend yourself? Can you get the uh, job of your choice? Can you get the doctor of your choice without having to go to an insurance bureaucrat or a government bureaucrat and say, mother, may I? No, we're not free. Let's wake up and go fight and reclaim our freedoms and take back America. That should be our calling, not Mitch McConnell saying, oh, let's process some amendments in the Senate so I can get these conservatives off my back. You go to hell. We're going to go stand up for the American people.
Amen. Congressman, can you tell me, it feels like, and I, I'm, I'm, a more, I'm more on the cynical end, I admit that, I know who I am, but it feels like there might be a freedom movement coming. I, I watched a video last night, the wife sent me a, a video last night, one of her friends has a 13-year-old daughter, got up and gave a speech at the trucker convoy in Canada. Congressman, I, I, it sounded like I was listening to Chip Roy. It's 13 years old. This daggone girl had me ready to run through a brick wall. I feel like we might. I feel like we might be on the cusp of something special. Hey, the future of this country is going to depend on the ebb and flow of generations, and it is our job to build a new generation of freedom lovers. Those of us who grew up in the Reagan era, you know, Generation X, if you want to call it. Those of us who came of age in the 80s, we know freedom. We understand freedom. And guess what? We're coming of age to lead this country. And we're going to go fight back these socialists, these Marxists, to hold the line for freedom so that a new generation, look, it's going around the globe. What we're seeing in Canada with these truckers, God bless them. What we're seeing with the resistance in Australia, what you're seeing even in Western Europe, uh, is a testament to the idea that we know freedom works and you've got to stand up against tyranny. You know, uh, Holocaust survivors, people always get, oh, don't compare the Holocaust, don't talk about the Holocaust. Look, you can learn from history. Holocaust survivors will tell you that the worst crime in the early part of the 20th century leading up to World War II and the Holocaust was the silence. Do not be silent. Stand up for freedom. Don't go around weepy-eyed talking about your granddaddy going to Normandy and storming the beach and taking bullets but yet you're too chicken to go stand up to your school board. Or you're a United States senator, too chicken to stand up and say, we're not gonna fund tyranny and we're gonna not you know, block the vaccine mandates that are causing a constituent in my district to face losing his home because his wife and he have lost their job due to these vaccine mandates. Stand up and fight. Can you explain what you have going on? When I, I love what you're doing. You're pressuring the right on defunding. What are you doing when it comes to these mandates? Because more Republicans need to have their feet to the fire about this. Yeah, amen. I mean, and, and any Republican who votes this week to fund government that is funding the bureaucrats that are going after the American people because they don't want to get a vaccine, those Republicans need to be held accountable. So here's the score. Today's Wednesday. On Friday... The continuing resolution, which was passed in December, with 19 Republican senators supporting it, uh, that expires on Friday. The House of Representatives passed a continuing resolution that expires on March 11th, about two weeks ago. And unfortunately, 51 of my co Republican colleagues voted for it. They were wrong. They shouldn't have. Now that bill is sitting in the Senate. Mike Lee is objecting to any consent agreement to allow it to move forward unless he gets votes on amendments to strip out the vaccine mandates. Now, let me be clear. Mike Lee's one of my best friends, and I agree with him on this strategy. But I want to be clear, just getting a vote is not good enough. The Senate Republicans need to stand up and either kill all of these mandates or kill the funding bill. Those are your two choices. Do not hide behind defense spending, because you and I both know that defense spending is funding a whole bunch of woke garbage at DOD so that they can go hold seminars on diversity and equity and send our nation to the stone ages while china kicks our butt building more coal-fired plants we need the republicans to stand up and fight for the american people right now show just the tenth of the backbone the canadian truckers have shown do your job as united states senators and, and act like you're an actual leader amen go get him congressman chip i appreciate you brother thanks jesse god bless you
My friend John Phillips joins us next, but first, let's talk about something. Let's talk about health insurance. I know it's not a fun topic, right? Who, who loves to talk about health insurance? And I personally, because I've bounced around so much, I've had to shop for so much health insurance. I spend so much time on hold or opening up new tabs on my phone. I, I know what it's like. If I may, try OneShare Health, a faith-based insurance group. Again, faith-based insurance group. Everything they do is through that lens. 5% of your monthly, when you sign up for OneShare Health, it goes to our veterans who struggle with PTSD. It goes to Camp Hope and the PTSD Foundation of America. That's how much these people believe in what they do. The coverage options are incredible. The, the cost is outstanding. Vision, dental, 24-7 telehealth, you name it. And for my viewers, if you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash jesse or slash kelly, promo code jesse kelly, you get 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. How about that? My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. So what are your thoughts on Trudeau invoking the Emergencies Act? Uh, absolutely ridiculous uh, to put something like that on a peaceful um, um, protest is just insane. Yeah. Are you concerned at all about uh, your bank account? Uh, no. There's nothing in it anyways. <laughs> So if he wants to go in there and put some money in for me, that'd be fantastic. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, how long do you plan on staying in Ottawa? As long as it takes to get this stuff straightened up. Absolutely. It might, we're not, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Do you think uh, the protest is having an impact? A huge impact. Absolutely. It's bringing people together in huge amounts. I love that guy. <laughs> There's nothing in it anyways. I hear you, brother. Joining me now is my friend John Phillips, of course, of the great John Phillips show on KABC Los Angeles. He's also a columnist. John, I find this situation to be endlessly fascinating because I, as we talked about on your show the other day, I really do see it as this unmovable object getting ready to collide with an irresistible force. Justin Trudeau has government forces behind him. These truckers don't appear to be backing off. John, where's this going? Well, Prime Minister Blackface is really upset with <laughs> that. I guess the rubber's going to hit the road sometime very soon. Uh, this is, I think, as important as you just described, because the truckers are really the Trojan horse in this whole thing. We know that, that that people who work for rich people, we've seen it happen in various fundraisers, we saw it happen at the Super Bowl, where the staff, the help, the people who work there, they're forced to wear the masks, they're forced to prove that they've been vaccinated, they're forced to come in with the negative COVID-19 tests, and the rich people can eat and drink and watch a game and do whatever it is that they want without wearing the masks. Well, take that mentality and apply it to the economy at large. They look at truckers as people who they don't even really think exist. I mean, they think, I guess, the white claw just appears at the, the Whole Foods, and that's how they get it. And so this is where the truckers, I think, can, can really 
throw a, a wrench in the spokes because they're the ones that really control uh, more in, as it relates to the economy than virtually any other group. And they're totally invisible to these people. This is probably the first time the elites like Justin Trudeau have even thought about the truckers wow. in years and years and years. And now the people that they forgot existed could be the ones that turns their public policy upside down. And I think it's fantastic. I do too. And John, there's something interesting happening I've noticed. Countries and Americans, even blue cities, are starting to back away from the COVID stuff. I see things about Australia, Norway, Denmark, Washington, D.C.'s backing away. It looks like the world, even the left-wing nutjob parts of the world, are taking a step back. Trudeau is not. Why? Well, Canada politically is a very different place than, than certainly many states in the United States, and he plays to the left wing of the coasts in Canada. I mean, that's, that's really who got him elected. Uh, you look at some of these uh, other provinces in the middle of the country, and they look a whole lot more like Montana and Texas than they do like uh, Quebec and Vancouver and, and places like that. So he's definitely playing to his crowd. But I also think that he doesn't want to be globally known as the guy who broke. He doesn't want to be known as the guy whose edicts and whose regulations absolutely fell apart like a cheap suit. And you look at how interconnected all of these countries are. He looks at other world leaders as his peers. He wants their approval. He wants the approval of the American press. He wants the approval of the European press. And so much of what happens globally is groupthink, uh, where you look at, at what's going on in other countries at the beginning of the pandemic. Sweden stood out like a sore thumb and everyone dumped all over Sweden because they didn't do what everyone else did. And eventually they broke. Now it's breaking the other way, and he wants to try to present himself as the guy who's going to stand up for these elites and prove that their mitigation efforts really did work, and he's going to be the guy that takes on the truckers and defeats them, and then he'll get all the praise that he's looking for. Well, along those lines, here's Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum sounding like a Bond movie villain and praising Justin Trudeau. Enjoy this one. It will be a young world. It will be a digital world. Now, who could represent such a world better than you, Prime Minister? We are very glad that at the beginning of this meeting, you are talking to us to represent also a new open Canada. I want to use this opportunity also to thank our Canadian constituency which always has been a very loyal and very much engaged constituency here at the Forum. But now, I think with you, together with our constituents, Prime Minister, we can make sure that uh, in the future we strengthen the cooperation even more with your country. Okay, I have a couple questions, John. In fact, I have three, because there were three things that stood out to me, and I want you to clarify them. You're always good at this stuff. I want to know what an open Canada means. That's, that, that's a big one there. I want to know what an open Canada means. I want to know what supporting the World Economic Forum means. And on that last part there, what exactly was he getting at when he was talking about all that stuff? Because it sounds like tinfoil on your head thing that this is true globalism. 
Yeah, first of all, it's hard to understand what this testicle and glasses was trying to say, so I'll have to parse yeah, through yeah, what yeah. I was able to understand. But look, I mean, everything that happens globally happens in waves. Uh, the group think that we were just talking about is stronger than, than we even know. I mean, go back to the 1980s, where you had center-right governments pretty much taking over all the major countries. You had Reagan here, you had Thatcher in England, uh, you had a conservative in Canada. In the 90s, it was these center-left, new, moderate sorts of, you know, quasi-liberal sorts of people like uh, Bill Clinton and Tony Blair and, and others. And now we have this populism that is sweeping the globe. It happened here with Donald Trump. It happened in Europe with Brexit. And the elites are terrified that this populist wave that has crashed on the shores of so many countries will be a wave that will end up wiping them out. So they are absolutely trying to come to us with an iron fist right now. We're seeing this iron fist in Canada with the truckers. Uh, we saw it happen with the school kids here. It's still happening in many ways uh, with the school kids here in the United States. But they look for groups that they can absolutely crush and make an example out of so that everyone else will, com will comply and fall in line and do whatever it is that they want us to do because they see this wave of populism as a threat to their power. And I, for one, couldn't be happier. But you're seeing these leaders do what, what leaders do when they feel that the power is, is being taken away from them. Okay, finally, we're going to have to lighten the mood a little bit early around here. Kamala Harris, who I know you just absolutely adore the same way I do, she got up and tried to explain high-speed internet. I want you to watch this because I have a question. I will begin with what I believe is a simple truth. In the 21st century, high-speed internet is a necessity, not a luxury, a necessity. Our world has moved online. And that is why, from day one, the President and I have fought to make it easier for everyone to access and afford high-speed Internet. Many workers use the Internet to do their jobs virtually. People everywhere use high-speed Internet to stream movies for family movie night. Jalisa talked about that. To video chat with friends that are far away. To view a tutorial on how to fix that leaky faucet. To read the news, check the weather or plan a trip. For so many of us, we use the internet as an essential and integrated part of our daily lives. And we take it for granted. John, does Kamala Harris study too much or not enough? Because it's definitely one of the two. I love how she's talking about why we use the internet and she mentions everything but porn. Uh, I don't know how that one got off the list. With these people, everything is a right. Oh, healthcare is a right. It's not a commodity that you buy. Uh, food is a right. It's not a commodity that you buy. The internet, that's something that everyone should be able to have access to for free. It's not a commodity. Now, if you think of what the internet would be like if the government provided it and it was free for everyone and it was akin to, oh, I don't know, government healthcare or any other government program, EDD, which was uh, built for billions and billions and billions of dollars, uh, none of us would ever be able to send a text message or get an email ever again if you put this woman in charge. But I'm sure she'd get to the root causes of bad connections.
I'm sure she'd get to the bottom of it as she often does. John Phillips, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me. We have maybe my favorite light in the mood ever coming up next. Buckle up. All right, it is time to lighten the mood. And I will tell you, we normally don't play super long videos here. It's the end of the show. Let's have a quick laugh and we'll go. But this, this video is a couple minutes long and we didn't know what to cut. It just continues to get better and funnier the longer it goes. Apparently there's something out there called cartnarks. And I just found out about this today. So if you don't know what that is, don't feel dumb. I just found out about this today. And... They hunt down the people who don't put their carts back in the grocery store parking lot. And apparently they put magnets on their car saying, you know, you're, you're a bad person. And I personally despise people who don't put their carts back. It's just one of those things that it eats at me. So maybe that's why I found this so funny, but I'll tell you, I was in tears. Enjoy. Oh, look at that. A half curbing. That's not where the carts go, sir. Well, you should because they want. Shut your mouth, punk! What does the sign say on the cart return? Please return carts here. Yeah, and the carts right there. But that doesn't say please return carts there. You're getting a hood magnet of shame, sir. Now, sir. Well, as soon as you return your cart, would you like a magnet instead? Now, sir. They Get your off my car! As soon as you take your cart. Get your out of here, mother. Why are you put? Why are you put? Get the f out of here! Beat your. Sir, no, you won't. Look at yourself. Who's Perry Caravelle alive? Look, sir. Nice shot. Sir, let me give you two because you're being such an angry bones. Where'd that Matt flag go? You know what he's getting? This guy is so angry. He's getting double magnets and the flag. Watch out behind you, sir. What a jerk face. Please be careful. Don't be a, I can't hear you. He's in. Sir, why don't you just take your cart back? Falling off. Get the off my car. As soon as you push your cart back, sir. Now, yourself. Now, sir, they pay employees. I'm gonna give you another one. I'm gonna kick your No, you aren't. How old are you, sir? I'll beat your Sir. Look. I'll beat your They pay employees to do all sorts of things. Do you go to the bathroom? Do you lock the keys in your car? Let me get you another one right there. Uh, do you go to the bathroom and when you go to like a guy in the bathroom, do you do it in the sink and toilet or do you wait for the employees to come? No, you do it in the sink and toilet because that's where it belongs. What the did you do to me? I just put a magnet on your car to display what a lazy bones you are. Get the out of here! A double toss? You're getting more. Sir, you get the out of here. Here's another one for you. Um, please be careful driving, sir. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Lazy bones. <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 